Good evening, everyone. We have another episode of Entertas IT Tech Talks presented by Technology Worldwide. In this episode, we're going to be doing an access control roundtable, talking all things access control. Uh, since I am not an expert at all in access control, don't install it, don't sell it, don't do anything, I am going to be handing it off over to Mick from Trican Security. He's going to be hosting this roundtable. And uh, yeah, take it away, Mick. Hey, thank you. Um, I just want to thank you guys for finally doing an access control uh, <laughs> yeah. podcast and, you know, allowing guys like us to be a part of it. Um, no, really, thank you. And we and it's, it's stuff we want to talk about and it's stuff that's going on in the industry. And, hey, it's it's part of being a tech. So, you know, thanks. Thanks for letting us have it. Um, I picked this panel because of some discussions we'd had previously and some people had a lot of opinions on it, and I think today what we want to focus on is access control in the cloud, right? That's the big topic. Everything is cloud these days, and and uh, access control is no stranger. I mean, we're moving to it just like everybody else is, like all the as-a-services out there, access control is, is coming. Uh, I'll let uh, some of the guys introduce themselves a little bit, but we have uh, my good friend Uncle Bear, security yeah. today and other things <laughs> go ahead introduce yourself bear yeah i'm uncle bear at uncle bear underscore on instagram and uh at security today podcast um soon to be brought back to you uh via sprinter <laughs> it so they're gonna we're gonna kick that thing back up but i um, happy to be here i've been in access control and physical security for about a little over a decade now so uh i i feel like i'm just getting my feet wet but uh yeah Glad to be here. There we go. There we go. And he's our resident podcast expert, so he'll keep us on track. And uh, Kyle, go ahead. Why don't you introduce yourself? What's up, guys? Kyle with Sophia Consulting and Integration, uh, based out of Birmingham, Alabama. Been in the business about uh, five years now, uh, running my own thing for two and a half. So uh, all things uh, access control on our end. Everything's in the cloud. So excited to have this combo. Definitely, definitely. So I will say this, when it, when it comes to access control in the cloud, and I, and I want to start the discussion off by saying it's awesome, right? No, I don't think anybody's going to disagree. It's awesome. But there's some things that have been happening in the industry that kind of, I don't know, it's going in a direction. I don't know if we're going to stop it with one podcast, but it's going in a direction that I, I don't necessarily agree with. Now, that being said, I think cloud-based is just the way to do this for access control, especially when you got things that you need to manage remotely. There was the old way of doing things, and I still have people come to me and say, well, I can do everything the cloud does. I just VPN into it. And I tell them, well, I could do it from my phone without VPNing into it. And I could do it on vacation without having my machine set up to VPN. And I can do it when your you know, security gateway is down. You know, they usually that's a big thing, you know, having that VPN set up and ready to go takes some time and it takes configuration and I've had it go bad and I got to wait till I get back in town to take care of it. Um, so definitely my, my opinion of access control, it's ready for the cloud. You know, when you get to installation, I wouldn't say it saves you a lot of time, but it does cut a few hours off, right? Because you have to provision a machine. You've got to install all the software set it all up and then there's the ongoing there's coming back you know there's a new version security patches you know all the things that come along with 
running software on some type of machine. There's nobody can run a machine just, especially in this day and age with cybersecurity and everything going on. You can't just let it run. It's not going to work. That's that's a bad model, and um, that that's just how I see it. I mean, how how do you see this playing out, Bear? Yeah, um, I think that when it comes to cloud, it's just a trend that we can't ignore. Um, I try to talk about how, you know, people were you know shady about the internet being something that was ever that it would ever be. The, you know, television, radio, it's when you have these big technologies come down the pipe and then when it's niche to like our industry, um, you find that people are a little bit resistant to it. It's just, I think that they see it kind of as a feature, like, oh, they just, you know, this, this access control platform is able to be on the cloud and that's just a feature that Brevo or, you know, Motorola or something want to pitch out, but uh, I do... I do think that it will be the way of the world uh, in five, ten, ten years for sure, but maybe even five. It, your on-prem access control will be reserved to like enterprise and uh, maybe a couple of systems that you can get your hands on, but it's definitely going that way. How about you, Carl? How, how do things look on your side? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I, mean, I agree with Bear from the standpoint of like, everything's going there i mean brandon's seen a lot of this over the course of what he does going from even like especially like voip uh anything phone related um even your backups like everybody move into office 365 moving to sharepoint everything like that so when it comes to just like servers in general nobody's really running servers themselves anymore for almost anything um and then when you throw in the fact that a lot of guys who are coming from this like legacy access control side of things, like how many of them do you trust to actually know how to run a SQL server or, you know, like actually upkeep anything like that? Like, so like that's one component is like stop making, you know, somebody who's typically doing alarm and security kind of stuff isn't an IT guy. So why do you expect him to be able to maintain something like that when that's just a whole different skill set? Um, so, I mean, on our side, like, I mean, I started, Sophia two and a half years ago, and literally every single access control system we've done, probably 50 systems now, is in the cloud. I don't have a single non-cloud offering. I mean, we, we do have one that we kind of keep in the back pocket uh, for, like, school systems or things like that. But for us, it doesn't make sense. And so I think this is where, like, what I would kind of point the conversation to is there's still always a measure of, like, there's the trend and where things are going as a whole, which is to the cloud. And then there's also got to be an element of like, who are you personally and as an integrator and what's your skill set and what's your lane and what can you actually do and support? Like I couldn't sit here and support, like feel confident supporting, you know, a SQL server on-prem access control and having to deal with multi-site patching those things. I've seen it happen and it was just overwhelming to even think about doing. So I don't know who I was, who I'm trying to reach, who my customer base is to say, this is why this product makes sense for us. And for me, it makes sense because, like, I'm dealing, I'm targeting all the companies that are making their IT guys over access control, and they don't want a server. <laughs> they all want the cloud now anyway. So that's my customer, and that's what kind of why I gear myself that way, but I definitely agree, like, the overall trend is going cloud regardless. 100%, and I, I, I want to 
dive into that too. I mean, I would say since COVID hit, I am 100% cloud-based installations. 100%. I haven't put in an on-prem since COVID hit. And I think COVID really exposed a lot of issues we had with just on-prem infrastructure in general, right? People weren't showing up the same. They wanted to be able to do everything from everywhere, right? And that's like this common theme of now is I want to do everything from anywhere, right? And I don't want to be limited to just this machine that I've set the VPN up for or just this or just that. I want to do it from wherever I feel like doing it. And and I think COVID really just kind of drove that point home. It's like, well, you can't come in or there is no in. We closed the office. The office is 100% closed. You know, you, you got a lot of mix of different things that people have done as a result of COVID, right? Some people went, you know, we're remote 100%. We're closing the office. So everything's got to be, you know, available anywhere, anytime from the cloud or just, I mean, in general, just that's that was the push. And it was kind of more than a push. It was a, like a, you know, a big foot in the back, you know, just boom, get out there, get it, get it solved, get it now. And I think as a result of that, everyone just the value in cloud-based just immediately became realized. It was like, oh, absolutely. I got to have that. That's what I need. And that's how I've seen it in my market. I'm in the mid-Atlantic Baltimore region and I'm at a hundred percent. I'm at a hundred percent. Kyle, you mentioned you've been also a hundred percent cloud-based installations. Bear, how are you seeing it? Yeah. Um, I've definitely put in a lot of cloud-based installations. Uh, so, some on-prem stuff just in, in that higher commercial end, but it it is a lot of cloud. And so one thing that that makes me think of is that, you know, you say since COVID you've been doing that, and I feel like the industry trains the customer a little bit when it comes to products and, and stuff. And so you'll have customers who will experience a cloud-based platform that they can access from their mobile device, which are usually all designed very well and they have you know an easy UI and so the they'll be trained and they'll be like oh my gosh this is so easy I can I can check doors I can get notifications I can turn people off turn people on that sort of thing and then they'll tell the next business guy and then they'll tell the next business guy and with that it just kind of trains the customer that I feel like one of the reasons and one of the driving points to cloud-based access control being having a huge chunk of the market is going to be because people will expect those things without the clunkiness of um, you know s servers or VPNs and and having to set all that up they just want it in they want it out and from our point of view as the technician or the business provider of it it's easier to get in there and so that was another thing that uh, what Kyle was talking about of asking the question of like who are you as an integrator who's your customer those sorts of things well for sure from the cloud-based access control I've seen it is it is very easy to manage from the install side of things which makes it easier to have a not necessarily green tech but a greener tech put it in and so when you know that you can just send one guy out who maybe has been in the industry for a year or something like that and he can go put in open path or you know he can go put in these these cloud-based um, access controls and you're not having to send your you know seasoned 10-year guy out there to to touch the SQL server and to touch this and to touch that uh, I really think that just the ease of it 
is just driving it as kind of a wrecking ball into the industry. And I would rather embrace that on the side of getting paid than not embrace it until three years down the road when there's been so many installs already in your area. So, Yeah, and I think you bring up a really good point. It's like there's the advantages to the customer, and then there's the advantages to you as the integrator, right? I Just this morning, I had a client call me. He had a door issue. I logged in, looked up his logs, you know, saw who was coming in, coming out, looking at the DPS. I told him who was in the building, who was not in the building. And, uh, you know, some of those on-prem systems, that's not, a, that's not an option. That's not available. So as an integrator, it can help you too. It's like, hey, my door is doing this or doing that. Well, I can look at it. You can look at it. But I also get visibility into the system. I can see what's going on. I can, you know, check. I can, I can even uh, maintain it from, from without going there. I mean, he's about an hour and 15 minutes away. So I don't want to go over there for any little thing, right? I mean, as you all know, a service call is expensive, right? It's expensive to us, more so to us than it is to the client because there's costs associated with that service call that don't really get reimbursed, right? That's what we all know. Every time we make a service call, it's it's the cost you the client pays, but then there's the, you know, the your time away. Cost what you lose to do something else. Right. I'm not doing something else. And I'm I'm driving. I'm you know, my brain is focusing on something. Then you're there, you're troubleshooting. So it does free us up. I mean, I would say, in my opinion, I love doing it because I get that visibility. You know, not every call turns into a, okay, well, let's send a truck or I'll be there in, you know, three and a half hours or whatever it is. It could be, oh, we figured that out. I know who's in the building and they didn't use their card. I can tell you that right now, you know, so somebody used the key. So we mystery solved, right? You, you just got to have the right information available to you, but it makes this possible. It makes skipping through and, you know, maybe not making everything into a roller truck service call. We get power through the cloud as well on the integrator side, as well as the customer side. Yeah. What, uh, I mean, so part of this, this podcast kicked off because of some negatives with, uh, cloud access control, uh, which we can share in a minute, but from your guys' opinion, what would you say was the biggest negative as an integrator on the cloud access and what's the biggest negative for your customer to do cloud access versus maybe some of their other options? Because there are negatives, if we're honest. Yeah, and, and I would say this, and I, I call it a negative, but I got to really put some quotes around it. There's a lot of people who don't want that recurring cost. They're resistant to it. I'm not, they're going to have to get over it, right? Because that's the world is going. Microsoft Office is a subscription now. Everything's a subscription now. I mean, you're just not going to beat it. And they don't want to pay it. I mean, sometimes it turns into several thousand dollars a year in a reinvestment. Now, I could sit here and craft an argument as a salesman to say, hey, you're saving so much on this and you're saving so much on that. But, you know, in your SMB market, they're still going to hit you with, well, I don't want to pay $3,000 every year for the same system I bought. And that, that to me, when they hit you with that argument, maybe I'm not the best salesperson in the world, but take some, take some, take some maneuvering to kind of change their mind that this is a good thing. Um, so, for, in my opinion, that would be the tough part of it. Brandon, you look like you want to say something. From my world, one thing that you guys could use from a sales tactic perspective is when you're selling that on-prem system and there's no reoccurring revenue there. And no reoccurring costs, 
you're not getting any updates, you're not getting any improvements to that door access right. system, you're not getting any additional support, or you're having to pay for support on top of it if you have to call the manufacturer. When you go to a cloud system, just like with us, we're paying monthly not just for that service, but we're paying for the support, the we're paying for the updates, we're paying for all the patching, <laughs> all that fun stuff that is all incorporated into that cost. And that's what I tell my customers when, like, for our Meraki firewalls, we have to pay a yearly or bi-yearly subscription for the license for the firewall. Well, you're getting a full security bundle that's roped into that cost. So yes, you're paying a large amount, but you need that to cover all the security because you have humans making changes to your security stack and all your security updates mm -hmm. uh, on a daily basis or on an hourly basis. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing in your guys' world. You can go and install an on-prem system and not get any features for another five years until you replace the system. With yep. a PDK system or open path, you can get a whole brand new feature in six months because you're yeah. paying for that support. You're paying yeah. for that uh, those updates and all that stuff. It's just, it's built into the cost and that's yeah. a good selling that's point a, for the customer. That's a big part of it is like yeah. the, the maintaining updates. Like we do open path and, and PDK are two, our two primary cloud solutions. And then Phoenix is our, our third that we're kind of waiting to unload once they have Mercury hardware in stock. Um, but one of the things that like, there's some, there were some downsides with uh, some of the open path uh, features. Like one of the small thing, but I'm looking at it right now is like you couldn't name um, your entry schedules and stuff. So if you had like a, an unlock and then you wanted to put a holiday and something like you couldn't name it, the unlock, the lock schedule, you know, the holiday schedule, you couldn't name it like Christmas, things like that. So it was all just numbers and you had to read it. And then like just something as small as that, even like, oh, like, here's a small update that just happened. And like they're, you're making those improvements. But then I thought about the concept of like, you think, oh, on-prem, well, I don't have to pay anything. But actually most of the people who, who have on-prem, they still pay annual fees because a lot of them are doing your SSAs, your software support agreements, and they are coming in. And then you're, so now you're paying for, for the truck roll, the labor, and the li and like a 30% license or so. It's typically where it falls at 20 to 30% range of what you originally paid on the license. So it's not like you don't have recurring costs with an on-prem system. You're just, more streamlining what that cost is and you know what it is and you don't you don't have like as many mysteries involved in it yeah definitely yeah, and that that like annual payment that you have to give out or sometimes you can break it up monthly Mick you said that you, you put it in air quotes and and you kind of have to I mean you can't get any you can't just have everything for free and I like though that it kind of bottlenecks and forces your customer to in a sense, be more security-minded. And the way that it does that is it gives them that visibility that you were talking about, Mick, that they then have, they then can see the reports or they then can get the notification or they can, you know, if they fire a guy at 10 o'clock at night from their night manager, they can go in and just turn them off mm -hmm. while laying in their bed or something like that. that. That type of just ability to do that is usually a little dazzling in their eyes. They're like, oh yeah, that sounds great. And then on top of it, it will then cause them to think of their system maybe from a different perspective than like common when putting in alarm systems. You put alarm system on a house and then they don't arm it for the first three months. And you have to send them an email to say, hey, remember you have an alarm system. Because if you just put it in and it's just devices on a wall, then they're not putting their mindset or their their thought into it. So 
having it on their phone, having it be managed, having it be managed by us, the integrator, so that we can reach out to them and say, hey, I noticed you went offline last night. Was everything okay? Then it keeps that security in their mind. And as a big proponent of my saying of security is a mindset, I just like that it, it kind of forces you to do that. Yeah, that, that's a great point because it makes it makes the access control system more interactive, right? It's not this this big box running at the job and, and I can only touch it when I'm there. It's like it's getting alerts, real-time alerts sent to you easily, right? Because there's ways you could have done it in the old way, you know, hook up your email account to it or maybe, you know, get it plugged in. But the cloud just makes it so much easier to get all of these real-time alerts. Somebody's in the building. I had a door forced or you know, motion, whatever it is, because your door system is, you know, it's not your alarm system, but it is part of your intrusion detection, right? It's it's anomalies, it's things happening that they shouldn't be happening at that time of night or, or people coming in when they shouldn't be or attempting to come in when they shouldn't be, right? So it, it does help it bring it, bring it together, make it more interactive. Well, and from my perspective as the IT person, one thing that I find kind of funny with these on-prem systems is you walk into some of our clients and there's this old dusty box that's running like Windows 7 or an ancient version of Windows. And you're like, what's that? Oh, that's our access control system. <laughs> we have to run a legacy box because we don't want to upgrade. So we're talking about security of your whole entire business here and all the door access. But we're running it on a machine <laughs> that is not supported by Microsoft that could have a bunch of security holes in it. And it's just like mind-boggling to me. So... Our whole focus with access control is security, but the linchpin is the box that's running it that's no longer supported. So sure. what are we doing here? Yeah. At least with a cloud system, you know that you guys are secure. You know that you're getting those updates. You don't have to worry about this random legacy box in the corner collecting dust. I have a volunteer fire department that we have a little Dell box, that's probably eight years old, sitting in a corner because they don't want to have to pay for the service call to migrate it to the new computer we uh, put in for them. And I'm like, okay, so now i got to support this system for how long? It's just, it's mind-boggling. And if they would have got the right company that came in and said, here's an open pass system or here's a PDK system or any type of on-prem, or sorry, cloud-based system, then we wouldn't have had to worry about this. And the whole reason they went to this system is because their original Amazon system crapped the bed one night when they had to go to a call and they couldn't get in the building. Yeah. So another goes, failure of an on-prem system right there. Yeah, yeah it, goes, it goes back to what you probably run into a lot is what, what makes or breaks an IT company is the same thing on this end when it comes to those on-prem machines is it's it's all about the thoroughness of the technician and the company that's, that's actually implementing it because like Nick said, you can do and there's ways to make a lot of like the cloud functionality happen for an on-prem system but your technician has to know and be thorough and do all that. And there's like less automatic kind of ways of knowing that it either is or isn't working or like that it is or isn't on like it's supposed to be. You have so many more checks and balances in that that just frankly a lot of our people in this industry aren't qualified to really do on a networking level. And so it is nice that some of those things like your email notifications and um, even just like password access for the admins of the system, like it's you know biometrics on their phone, or, or like there's a toggle in the software, and it can be as simple as like a couple minutes just to check that versus having to teach somebody how to create the VPN and 
uh, set up SMTP and set up, you know, the alerts for this, 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 and this notification and all that kind of stuff. And it just gets to be like one of you just start piling all of these little needles on on top of somebody, and next thing you know, they're underneath a whole barrel uh, of hay. Yeah, and I mean the the email notifications is a big thing because. For the longest time, I bet all these guys were just using Gmail accounts or very simple things that you can easily turn on, do SMTP, no problem, you're up and running. And then, what, three months ago, Google said, nope, no more. We're going to Modern Auth. You now have to use an app password to do simple SMTP authentication. And even in my IT groups, people are like, how do I set this up? I can't do scanned email anymore. We were using a Gmail account. It just doesn't work anymore. And you run into the X control guys who just don't understand the networking world and the IT world like we do, they're not going to know that you need to go to SMTP to go set up an account there and use a relay server with them just to get your notifications set up again. Whereas with the cloud, it's just built in. You're good to go. You guys don't have to worry about it. So it's, yeah. again, one less headache you guys have to worry about. Yeah. I, I, I want to introduce Kevin. Thanks for joining, Kevin. You want to just problem, give us guys. a quick... Sorry. Quick, uh, who you are, where you're from? Kevin from Ottawa, Ontario. You want more details on that? <laughs> he reminds me, you know, when you watch Monday Night Football and, and the guy's like, oh, I'm uh, such and such from uh, the School of Hard Knocks. The or, U. <laughs> the U. <laughs> or some elementary school. That's, that's Kevin. So you know what? Kevin's in the perfect time, right? Because I think we've said enough good things about cloud. So, Kyle, do you want to go over your uh, bad scenario of where the cloud didn't wasn't in your favor, but I wouldn't blame it all on the cloud, but kind of the, yeah. the conversation that sparked all of this? Yeah. So, there's a, I think I think to your point, it's not necessarily um, a like an issue with cloud, but more so manufacturers. Because there's probably two. Well, I do PDK and OpenPath both, and both of them have some pretty negative. Uh, things like PDK not having uh, like memory on all their substream boards, so like those being network attached, like that's an issue that's like brick doors before. But um, OpenPath, like what what sparked all this was um, we had an OpenPath system, and there's a bug in their single door controllers. We've run into it on uh, three separate sites now, and um, we just happened to catch it on the two other ones where the uh, the controller wasn't getting like complete communication with the cloud servers it was communicating in some way but whatever it wasn't doing um wasn't like was because it was incomplete it was like showing offline and open path side but not in our software portal and so we never got notification from open path that our device was not communicating it wasn't online which is part of their whole setup right and so then that brought up this whole like issue with recurring licenses and whatnot, where uh, in order for OpenPath to protect their hardware from being utilized without their subscription, they have a default on their system that after seven days of uh, the controller being offline, it completely bricks itself, where it doesn't, um, it doesn't operate locally anymore off of your local memory of what's been programmed to it. And so it just completely bricked the site, and I had to drive four four hours um, on like a Saturday morning to go uh, <laughs> to go service a single door gym customer, 
and get them like one I had to call another company to get them into their building and then because it was a maglock door that we took over that's a whole other category of issues we'll talk about but um anyway calamity of errors but the the thing that kind of led to all that and uncovered some of these other things was that uh you know the default and how um you know, OpenPath or other companies are kind of protecting themselves from having their hardware utilized without subscription. And so, yeah, that put us in, a, in quite the bind. Yeah, that, that, that I mean, I, we, we've talked about this before, and I, I think it's a tough one. And I've, I've never really been a fan of that, you know, you buy the equipment, right? But you have to keep a subscription, or else the equipment that you bought is unusable. Um, that model never really went down for me. I mean, it never went down well. It's, it's, there's a few companies, I won't mention their names, bear will, but I won't mention their names that do that, right? They're very aggressive when it comes to keeping their customer or even just allowing you to continue using equipment, not just the, um, not just using the services, because I could, I could definitely understand, hey, if you're not paying, you're not allowed to use my cloud, my storage, my software, my updates, like all the things that we've mentioned previously are the, the benefits to the cloud. I could see stopping the benefits, but, you know, I think it's a whole different paradigm to brick the equipment, right? Because the equipment wasn't free. The equipment's not a rental. I mean... Yeah. And in most cases, people pay almost the same amount an on-prem system costs a lot of times, door controllers, locks, all these things, for it. So fundamentally, I have a problem with that to just, you know, just to turn around and say, hey, you bought it, but you stopped paying me, so it's it's worthless. And I, and I try to like, and I'll give you this scenario, right? And this might happen, who knows? You go into a car dealership, you buy a nice brand new pickup truck and after your sixth year of driving it, they come back and say, hey, there's a subscription fee and uh, it won't start until you pay for it, you know? And everybody would probably look at me and say, oh, that's preposterous. That'll never happen. It's uh, happening right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's happening. It's happening. You know what I mean? So that's how I see it, you know? Tesla, are you saying Tesla as a service? Is that what you saying? Well, I've been told by uh, my dealers that that's coming from every manufacturer in the next three that's to five nuts. years. So, yeah, they passed a law on it that they can shut it down. They're passing it Did under they? like uh, this. This is side note, but they're passing it under like uh, drunk driving. So they're saying that if you're driving erratic, they can they can shut your vehicle down if it's an electric vehicle. Yeah. Wow. So buy old uh -oh. now and maintain. <laughs> so my scenario wasn't that far off. <laughs> that, those no. conspiracy theories about to roll in now. <laughs> but I mean, how do you, how do they get around with life safety to just shut your system down? Like, it, it, well, is there legality there? It can, the, it can pull over. Well, no, so no, I'm talking about access control. Like, let, just let, let's, oh, yeah, 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 life life safety, and I'll, I'll talk for the U.S. because I know Canada's a whole different ball game. After talking with you know Kevin all the time, they but just say sorry. And that's it's why okay. we got Kevin here. That's why we got Kevin here. But yeah. you can always leave, and under the U.S. laws, you can always leave. Now, getting into the building, whole different ball game. Leaving the building, 
for us, it's uh, free egress at all times, right? So yeah, I mean, same. In fact, I, th- I think we're probably even a little more uh, strict about that, except uh, except in the case of like prisons. Well, oh, yeah, free, have, free leave there. Yeah, yeah. I think that falls under institutions for us. Institution. Yeah, we we, we, ha- we have some uh, some some buildings that uh, have a similar classification, like halfway houses and things like that, and you know. Um, spaces where guys are, you know, not criminally responsible, things like that, that uh, mm-hmm. that, that are classified like prisons, but, you know, just look like a re- regular residential home, but it's got mag locks and all the exterior doors. Right, right. So, but anyways, back back to your back to your earlier point about, uh, you know, cloud-based access control. I mean, I'm, I'm all for cloud-based access control. I'm all for the, the RMR. Uh, but any system that, that is held hostage when it, it doesn't have a connection to WAN is just preposterous. I mean, we, mm-hmm. as as installers, we we can't be recommending products like that. Uh, it's 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 ridiculous. Like in in building automation, we always say a, a good system is reliable, a great system is redundant, and anything that bricks itself after losing communication is is not redundant. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I just I can't entertain products like that, and I would never recommend such a product. If a manufacturer told me that that was a stipulation of it, I I'd, I'd simply look elsewhere. It's not like we don't have a lot of competition in the market. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's such a good, that brings up like this whole other side of things too, is like what is being frankly communicated to us? What questions do we know how to ask when it comes to dealing with the manufacturers? Like I thought I'd be in that same boat, like I've been a lot more cautious in some of this. Had I know, like, had I know, because what they always communicate, well, if it loses WAN connection, it's got local memory. I'm like, well, that's perfect. That's what I'm looking for, right? Because I don't want it to be dependent upon... Yep a WAN connection. But what they don't tell you is, oh, it's going to brick itself. Like, they never, yeah. <laughs> never would tell us that. And so, like, we did find, like, with OpenPath specifically, there's a way to change it from seven days to 60 days. But why is your default seven days? I mean, there's definitely sites out there that have, um, you know, that are going to have issues inside of, like, they could take a week to resolve. Like, you, you live in certain areas. Uh, it could take a week to get like fiber back to your building, and I don't, you know, there's there's sure. weird things that could happen. So like the fact no, that it's no, a week no, no is question. just preposterous. Yeah, I just I, I I can't get behind that. Yeah. So Kevin, you do a you do a good mix of on-prem and cloud from what we've seen. Probably yeah, I mean, well, you, you, here here's the thing. I uh, I, I host in in Ottawa. Um, we're a little bit strange because uh, the federal government buildings use mainly Cantec equipment, so mm-hmm. it's like Cantec is stocked by you know West Westco Annexter and, and ADI. I could walk in, I could buy any piece of Cantec equipment that that I want, uh, and pretty well, yeah, I, I might get you know a, a smattering of other devices here and there, but everything else is is special order or you're waiting for it. I mean, I have access to. Uh, a whole slew of products, but the, the city is really run by Cantec. Um, mm-hmm. And that being said, it gets specced on a lot of jobs too. So Cantec offers their cloud solution, um, their Hattrick solution, but instead what I do is is kind of um, not what the manufacturer wants people doing, but uh, I host their software on AWS and I sell my own cloud solution, yeah. and I can sell that at a, a fraction of the price of uh, of competition, and and still make some RMR off it, and uh, yeah. and I can hold 
my own clients hostage uh, as opposed to having a manufacturer hold me hostage and I'm the one responsible for that server and for the maintenance of it. I think we're losing your so audio I, a little bit there, Kevin, or at least I am. Yeah, I lost cool. it too, it, right yep. at the end. Uh, how about now? Any better? You're yeah. good. I think we got that you okay. host your own AWS and, and, and put the yeah, instance yeah, out there. Yeah, exactly. And so like what, what I'm doing, um, it does run the risk of the manufacturer being able to shut it down, theoretically. Uh, because it is it, what I'm doing is not backed by the manufacturer. It's just one of those things that so happens to work. Uh, and then until that day, I'm I'm going to keep running it because I I think I have I I have the best uh, the best of both worlds really. And with the Cantec platform, uh, there are no slave controllers. There are only primary controllers. Every controller holds uh, about up to hundred thousand cards. So I I can have a system go down for a few weeks and it's not a huge panic unless it's a, a building with a whole bunch of tenants moving in and they have to issue new cards. So there there's never anything that's a real panic when it does when it does screw up. Yeah. Well and that brings up I mean that, that just kinda of circles back what we said at the beginning too is like understanding who you are as the integrator, who your customer is, etc. Like I actually I know another guy here in Alabama who does he hosts his own Cantec system as well and he has made a killing doing it. But like uh, back to the question of like, you know, who are you? What you, what are you capable of? Like, Kevin's one of those guys who's just gonna figure shit out. Like, he's just gonna dig in and like, but for based on everything I've seen, like, he's run into it. He's figured a way through everything, and you have to make but you have to make decisions about like, what's my business gonna focus on? Uh, what am I capable of doing? What do I have capacity to do? What does my team have capacity to do? Like, I wouldn't be able to do that. I've like thought about like, I actually would love to host my own two-end access control. Because I've done it a few spots and and all that, but uh, you know I just don't I don't know how to do it and I don't have the time to figure out how to do it. So I've kind of more leaned on you know the yeah, cloud and honestly, ready if, for if, cloud systems that already exist. If if we're talking about a pure business standpoint, I I'd probably still be more profitable just with going with somebody else's platform and and reselling that. Uh, I, I mean I just I kind of did it this way because. I want to try it out, and then I just I kind of ran with it. But uh, it, it is it is more work. There, there there's no question. Uh, especially you know, yeah. isolating all your sites every time you spool up something new, and you've got to uh, set up the web interface for the client and make sure that they can't see any other buildings of any other <laughs> systems that you host. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I mean, and really at the end of the day, you know, am am, am I making more money off it? Probably not. Uh, it's 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 probably kind of a wash. Bear, you've been quiet. You gonna? I'm gonna let I'm you let listening. it rip. <laughs> no, I'm just listening. Yeah, um, it it is a problem when, uh, you know, they they write things in like that where they want to make sure that they can, in the end, control your system if uh, they want to. But yeah. that's not all that far off of a mentality from uh, internet, just the internet of things. Uh, you know, bigger companies that are doing that so I, I do mm -hmm. understand the frustration there I also think that it's especially coming from an access control dealer uh, it's a little more bitter in my mind than <laughs> coming into ADI maybe yeah. ask them if they got anything other than Cantic um, <clears throat> but I, I do think that coming from an access control 
uh, provider, it is it is a little more bitter because you're dealing with the the physical security of the yeah. site. Whereas we know that hostage as a service is definitely something that um, Voldemort uh, does. I call him Voldemort. <laughs> the name that should be unnamed. Uh, Vercada people. And so, yeah. But uh, com- coming from that, it is just your cameras, and you're going to find that you know with a VMS or a camera system, it's far more of an investigative tool than it is you know physical security on the site. And so when you're dealing with something like an access control provider uh, that has something written in like that, I'm sure that that was overlooked and, and coded in by somebody who has never been in physical security, you know, mm-hmm. on the back end when they were developing that. Uh, so that's a little concerning, but uh, you, you just kind of like, like Kyle is, you, you got to stay on top of it. You got to push that setting back to the default or like as far back as you can get it and really be in, in contact with your customers. Uh, if, if something goes wrong like that, but yeah, um, it, I think for the them, big, yeah, for them, yeah, go ahead. You, I would say you'd expect, you know, like kind of like what you said about contact with your customers and stuff. That is one positive in it is that usually like if I get outside that seven day window, somebody's going to try to remotely unlock the door or something like that. And it's not going to work and they're going to reach out to me. But you know, like when you, when you run into some of these things you're talking about, like with physical security, I had, we were on site at a multi-tenant yesterday, like a nine floor high rise. And we were working on cameras in an elevator. And I was just talking to the elevator technician uh, who was with us, and I was like, you know, I bet everything, every time you guys get a call, it's like, it's an emergency, right? Because you're talking about the elevator stop wor- stops working, like, it's a big deal. And he was talking about how it's been really frustrating as things have gotten more tech forward, that he's like, we just have service calls on stuff all the time, and like, he had a triage unit at a at a hospital that like, he's getting calls at 1.30 in the morning, and like, it's an emergency. He's like, that stuff just never happens with like old hydraulic elevators or whatever and it's kind of uh kind of similar like i was like yeah i mean we can relate to that to some degree because when we control people's doors and something goes wrong it's like we hear about it fast um and we particularly hear about it fast in the case of like the evil maglock that you occasionally have to use because that does prevent the entering piece like the reason like we work so hard to get on the you know bear's old old skill set of uh well, still a current skill set, but, like, your locksmithing side, like, like we got to know a bunch about that, which is hard enough. Like, there's a ton of door hardware stuff, and there's a ton of information about the doors you got to learn to make sure that your customer has, like, key override capabilities, that their, that their site is master key, that it's a controlled master key. And, you know, you're trying to educate them on all this stuff. And then if I just throw in, like, just going back to the original part of the conversation, throwing in, like, okay, now I've also got to be a network engineer, so I've got to be I've got to be a locksmith, an access control professional, and an IT professional, all at once. Like it doesn't you're just gonna run into like at some point you're not gonna be excellent at one of those things. And like for us, like we focus more on like we need to be excellent at the door, we need to be excellent in how we program, wire, all that. And then like I'm just like hey, they got to figure it out when it comes to the the SQL, the server side of things. So just let pay for it. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. Like, that's exactly where the industry is going. And I encourage people when uh, I'm interacting with them on Instagram and they're asking about, like, what, what should I be learning or what courses do you know of? And I always try to push that broad brush. And that's something that we do at Sprinter IT, too, with the continuing education of our, our technicians. We try to hit cabling. We try to hit uh, networking. We try to hit security. We try to hit that door hardware because 
the broader the brush of the technician and the company, uh, the the more success you're going to have just in the low volt industry a, as a whole. And it does come down to, you know, working in, in, in stuff like locksmithing and, and knowing that door hardware and life safety codes. And, you know, and then, and then you get into the cloud access side of it. And now you need to know networking. You need to know the topology of how a network is set up. And, and if you can get the basics and kind of be that jack of all trades, master of none is still better than a master of one. It, it, it comes out as, as healthier to your career path. So I think it's like encouraging from a cloud access point for people getting into the industry and because of, of how it's advancing. But it is, is something that I think people should keep in, in the back of their mind that be, be learning as much as you can and, and be soaking it up from, from all different aspects. Well, and that's exactly why we created the technology community. We didn't want to just be pigeonholed to being a low-voltage community, and that's all that we focus on. Because like you guys have been saying, all of our different fields are starting to blend together. Mm -hmm. You need to know the IT side. Some of you need to know the MSP side, too, because now you're having to manage different VMSs and on-prem computers for all these different solutions that you use. If you're not in the cloud, then our low-volts guys, we have to communicate with the access guys on our sites so having guys in the community we can fall back to and ask questions of and learn about these different offerings of on-prem versus cloud for access control that was the whole point of this community was bring all the technologies together because there's so much integration nowadays it's no longer the access guys are on an island the security guys are on an island the camera guys are on an island the wiring guys are on an island everything is all together now and we all have to communicate together to provide our customers the best experience at the end of the day. Yeah, I think it's like Bear said, right? I mean, how many different trades had to get their hands involved to just create one piece like the door system, right? You've got your locksmith skills, you've got your door hardware skills, you've got your networking skills. You know, you might have to configure a firewall to get outside. I mean, so, and then you've got your glass installer skills, like your glass installer, you then you got your, your, your pulling cable guy. So you've got, you know, five different hats to put on to make a good system as in, in the past, it wasn't quite as much, but the integration between everything is so tight these days. So tight. I mean, I, I'm on the phone talking to MSPs and we're talking VLANs and duplicate IPs all day. And they're looking at me like, wow, you know, this stuff, it's like, yeah, I couldn't bring a system up if I didn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not that I want to be really good at it. It's just I don't have a choice. You either learn it or you you fail. Or or, or you just get like me and you uh, you learn how to pretend and know. I, I know I know the right things to say, but if you like you put me in to do some of that stuff, I'd be like I'd be as blind as anybody. But I can talk about it and I can tell you what I need and I can listen for what you tell me you need. I mean, like I said, and I'm just enough to be dangerous, but like I said, you, you have to, you got to pick this stuff up. You got to pick it up fast. Like what you, your job description expands all the time, right? Because you're not just, you know, you might have to run the cat cable. You might have to plug it into the switch. You might have to tell whatever MSPs, you know, in control, hey, this is what I need done. This is the DHCP range that I need reserved. And, you know, all these different things that you really don't think you should shoot you should be knowing you need to know it right you need to know this stuff well and it's so refreshing 
hearing you guys talk and know that you can talk the talk with us and walk the walk because I've come across different vendors that you say something to them and they just scratch their head like Bear's not going to be happy with what I'm about to say but six years ago one of my car dealerships had a Hicks system installed okay this was prior to all like the vulnerabilities coming out and all the holes coming out but in my mind I'm like I don't want to open up the ports that need to be required to access the system remotely why can't we do this over a VPN I can put a VPN on a cell phone I can put a VPN on their desktops and they could access the camera system no problem these camera guys looked at me like I had 12 heads and said that's impossible there's no way this is going to work we have to open these ports on the firewall or else this Hicks system will not work and so I can got see rid that, of it well oh, we're oh, about sorry. to get rid of it it's, we're about <laughs> to get rid of it this, <laughs> that's a whole other story where the this client, hit that button and break their hike system yeah, their hike this, system <laughs> I mean we know how Bear feels about Hick and this system has not worked since it was installed and the company actually gave up after six months and said, here, you guys deal with it. And that was six years ago. Finally, they've gotten to the point where they're so fed up with the cameras dropping and having to power cycle them that they're finally going to replace the NVR because that seems to be what the issue is. And then we'll slowly start replacing cameras. But being able to go and talk to a security vendor and not have to argue with him about proper security practices for the network that I'm supporting is really refreshing. I, I love that, that you guys are learning from the MSPs and the different IT guys in our community and are able to talk the talk with these different IT vendors and MSPs that you're dealing with. It's got to be a lot easier for you guys to have a working relationship with them. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I would say the MSPs are, you know, because a lot of times I walk into a place and it's already a managed system, right? I'm not mm -hmm. bringing the switches or anything like that. They're telling me, hey, plug into this port, this port, and this port, and we've got you from there. So I need to understand what, what we've got you means because I, there's a lot of things that make this thing work. And, and most of the time they're doing, they're doing pretty good. I mean, they're, they're, they're understanding their side of it, and I'm, I'm understanding my side enough to tell them what I need, and, and we can make it work. And, and it's just it's, it's raising that bar again, right? It's raising that bar because if you can't swim with this, this way things are working with, every access control system is, I would say, plugged into the Internet, plugged into the network, like every one of them at this point. So if you can't talk that network talk and at least get, you know, 15 minutes of making yourself sound like you're smart, you ain't going to make it. I mean, this is yeah. business. That's where it all comes down to in the end. It's business. And they're going to, somebody's going to pick the better integrator. Yeah, that's dead right, man. I've, I've had more referrals and new business come out of just being able to communicate with MSPs, IT uh, admins like biggest biggest job we have is is with the school and you know the IT admin is who who does the whole thing it's 180 doors and to be able to communicate with him about what security protocols need to be um, something even just as simple as VLANs and like making sure like hey so we need you to segment this and um, you know make sure none of our stuff I don't want any of my guys like if I tell them like hey I don't want my guys plugging in your network like you know feeling this part do whatever um you know that earns trust and it's, it's kind of like what like what brandon said the whole point of of all this was getting a chance to kind of commune with all these different people who are experts in in different things and like when we can grab bits and pieces from each other and then like pull all that together and then sometimes that looks like hey i'm calling calling brandon to you know 
manage this system or sometimes it looks like, hey, let me ask for a piece of advice. And either way, like, it's going to benefit us all in the long run because our customers are going to be taken care of. The, the systems are going to be more solid. They're done the right way. Um, you know, there's there's a ton of benefits to it. Yeah, and I think that cloud access is one of those things that also brings our worlds even closer together. I just know that, you know, four or five years ago, I would have to call the IT guy or I'd have to go out on site to meet the IT guy to get it. And as much as there wasn't, it wasn't necessary, there was definitely a tension. You know, there was definitely like this, you're the IT guy and I'm just the, you know, the, the hardware guy and there it wasn't good blood but I do feel like because of cloud access because of Moore's law and because of like communities like this it's just getting closer and closer together that um, that that that's kind of subsided in in my mind you know I think that Mm -hmm. the IT industry and and the low volts or security industries are definitely much more friendly when you call an IT guy and you're like hey I need to get this up they're usually now like oh okay yeah let's do this let's do that and it's not like yeah okay well, I'll, yeah. I'll take it from here you know that that type of thing sure. What, sure. what would you guys say that particularly Mick and, and Bear when it comes to like moving forward let's just uh, you know say alright we know the trajectory where things are going what are you changing about or like what are you doing differently over these next couple of years, several years? Like, obviously, we're all already doing cloud access control, but what are we doing? Like, what are you guys specifically taking away? Like, here's what I'm going to do to make my cloud access control better. Um, like, maybe, and you can maybe share an example of something that you've learned that, like, maybe pushed you to that. Because I got, I got my example here, but I'll let you guys answer. Yeah, I would say I, I'm very picky about who I partner with, right? And like PDK, and a little tidbit for you, there's a rumor that PDK, I heard from some of their people, that their new red controllers are not going to be that slave all going to the cloud node, that the reds are going to be intelligent controllers on their own. I heard that rumor too. With memory. So I talked to them at at ISC, and and they said, yep, that's that's what we're doing. But, you know, it's... They've heard that complaint a lot from everybody, and so you're right. I'm hearing the same thing, too. It it, it is a flaw. In my opinion, it's a flaw in the system because not every network is reliable. But us, as integrators, that is our responsibility. We have to ask those questions and figure out because it's not like... You know, I, I had a, an interaction with a, a big company years ago, and they told me, you know, hey, we'd love to have you as a partner, but you can't sell anything else. And I'm like, that's not a good fit. I mean, I have customers that can't afford you. You know, I, I'm not going to, I, I don't, I'm not a slave to you, I'm a slave to them, right? They will get the right product that fits their needs. And I'm, I'm not just gonna give, spoon feed everybody the same, you know, medicine right it's it's listening and it's getting to you know what kind of environment do you have what kind of customer are you are you really savvy are you you know can you handle this can you handle the solution that I'm giving to you so I would say for me the thing that makes my difference is I've been pretty picky with who I take on as a partner right now I'm doing PDK in Phoenix and because they serve different markets right mm-hmm. and I, I enjoy Phoenix because they are not that hostage as a service, right? You stop paying, you stop getting the, the bonuses, the benefits, but you don't get bricked. 
and I mm -hmm. and in my opinion that's that's between me and my clients and I don't want that for them so I won't sell it to them right and that's what held me back kind of from open path because open path is pretty awesome I, I I'll admit it it's pretty awesome and I also have to admit that you know we talk all this about you know hostage as a service subscription as a service it, it's it, it is fairly new but I have had zero people come off and stop paying subscription zero mm -hmm. I don't know what your experience is but you know we, we it's it's a hypothetical at this point right the hypothetical that people want to come off now granted I don't have 20 year customers on the cloud who want to come off it just doesn't exist we're still new but as far as I can see the juice is worth the squeeze right the money they're paying they haven't turned around and said I do not want to pay this anymore I haven't had that experience yet I don't know you know maybe you guys can touch on it as well but you know I think for the integrator it's recommending the right fit for that client being able to give the right fit for that client listening mm -hmm. to what that client wants and needs and delivering it right installed correctly programmed correctly and it's just kind of one of those situations where it's five stars you know what I mean at the end of the day they look at you five star and you look at them and say you know what we did something good here and um, mm -hmm. in terms of what the cloud already brings I don't know if I could ask for more I mean they're they're knocking it out the park I mean they got features that I haven't even really taken advantage of yet that are pretty awesome what about you bear yeah, I think uh, I agree with everything that, that Mick said there. I also agree that OpenPath is, is awesome. I mean, it's something that we carry at Sprinter IT. Even with, you know, so it's a little hard to tag the line or the maybe clickbait of hostage as a service to just having a window of time before it bricks. That's not great, and it's not great in access control and security, but at the same time, they are a company that is – is is faithful they're a company that like isn't trying to hurt the interest of the industry and they're not trying to hurt the interest of um where we live and so with that it's definitely something that we carry i love the integration between cloud access control and cloud camera i mean you're just getting into a an environment that the integrator for their client doesn't have to be spending a lot of money and doesn't have to be um you know a subject matter expert to give uh, clients the the features that Mick was talking about where you can now you know get a really good grip of your security on a site from your access control to your your cloud cameras to your intrusion detection and they can all work together um, so I think that that's a really good thing and a, a really good place that it's going one thing that um, I know that I'm working on personally is trying to get more trying to get smarter in the network side of things from the cybersecurity aspect so mm -hmm. that I know that if security is my passion and that's the lane that I'm running in, I want to be able to do that uh, you know, behind the ones and zeros and in the physical world. So that's one place that I'm pushing myself. Uh, but I also think that you know, f from the aspect of of cloud access and where it's going, I really, there's, there's this thing in access control called metrics. And you get it in high enterprise access control where you can run reports and it can show you errors, it can show you things in the system that are happening, how they're happening, it can graph it all out. And those metrics uh, in high enterprise systems, they turn around and they use that to pitch to stakeholders why we should be putting this much money into our access control. But you can take those and there's kind of this 
undercover world of being able to bring a site to almost like full 100% proof security because you're you're on top of it and and you're doing maintenance b before the issue gets to hand and so I would like to see cloud access control kind of spend some time in metrics that they can get a a readable report in front of clients that tell them what their access control is doing that tell them if they're having on Fridays for some reason this door is getting more holds on it hmm. during two and three o'clock and now That's they can right. have their foot patrol go over there and see what's actually happening so I, I would like to see that out of cloud access and I think it's got the power to do it yeah and we're probably right on the cusp of that with all you have from like analytic video and stuff like that there's there's got to be so surely somebody's working on that somewhere yeah yeah <laughs> I'm in total agreement with you guys I think the biggest thing that that um, I hold to in in how especially being that we are in some ways, when, when we do engage in this cloud model, uh, we are more responsible to doing that ethically with the customer because it does lock them in in some way, shape, or form. Um, even if they, you know, like let's say they do, like, hey man, like you sold me a system and this really didn't fit me, like what Mick was saying, like, you know, I got to make sure, like, one, it fits you, but that the person needs to have some level of flexibility to say, no, you're not service. You're not servicing me right as an integrator, or this product isn't doing what I had asked you to make it do, and we need to switch it up. And like, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of learning costs for a customer. And so, um, you know, you know, my experience. I'm already really hard on sales guys. Like, I come from the uh, my first job in security was a manufacturer sales rep, and then it was working for in sales with an integration company before I started my own and got more involved in the in the weeds of everything. And, you know, I, I'm honestly, like, even more encouraged to continue down this path of being, like, really relentlessly questioning of the sales guys, of the manufacturers, and doing, like, this next level of due diligence. And, uh, like, and I was, like, Mick, too, like, I was, like, really thoughtful about who I took on. But, man, I've learned so many more questions to ask. And, and frankly, when we get to this place where a lot of guys do end up, which is like, hey, I don't know the answer to that, or oh, I'm not really sure, I hadn't heard that, or I don't think so, it's this pressing point of saying, like, well, you need to find out. Because I can't go to my customer and, and you know, sell this product, sell this solution, if I don't know the answers to these questions, because, like, that's my integrity on the line. That's my security mindset on the line. And so uh, I feel just extra pressed to like continue down that road of like, hey, I really am the middleman between like a customer having what they need and the right experience, and these manufacturers, you know, selling their products. And so, you know, like we're the hinge piece of a lot of this. And so, like, I think we really need to take that responsibility seriously. Yeah, 100%. I really agree with that. I think that that you're you're hitting a really good point because the people on this podcast, the people watching this podcast, it is it is these. We are the people that dictate the purity of security in our country. Like, how secure is the place that we live, is the place that our kids are, is the place that our families are. Like, when, when they walk into, whether it's a Chick-fil-A or whether it's, like, you know, the, the work that they go to or, or something like that. Like, we, out, we are the lens to which this industry stays pure. So pushing it back to the sales guy and back to the, co the companies that we carry to say, why does it do this? Why does it do that? W why are you acting like this? And then 
pushing it back towards the client to say, okay, what do you need? What can I put in for you? Like, where are your needs on this site? Definitely. That's where the the purity of the industry will stay pure. And it's on us. It's on us. Definitely. Guys, I want to thank you all for for joining us. Uh, I got the reminder that we got to stay to an hour. And I'm sure we could we could probably do this all day, and it, it probably brings up a good topic. I mean, we, we we jumped a little bit and touched on to the cloud, cloud and the cameras, and and who knows, maybe that might be the next podcast. But um, thank thank you, and I want to turn it over to to Brandon to to wrap us up. Yeah, thanks yeah, guys thank for you. doing this. We'll definitely have to uh, get you guys back on to dive deeper into other aspects of security. It's not just X control; it's also cameras, alarms, all of that's going to the cloud. And that is another handful of roundtables that we could talk about. So I have a feeling this is going to get people to want to continue the conversation. So, Mick, where can people find you to continue the conversation about this? Sure. You can find me on Instagram, Trican Security. Awesome. How about you, Bear? Yeah, Trican Security. This is Jeff out of Better Days Tech printing that, baby. Um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Uncle Bear, B A E R underscore, and at Security Today Podcast, which is the podcast that I run. And we're getting it back. We're bringing it back up. Um, hopefully, it'll be weekly. Brought to you by Sprinter IT. So, um, yeah, you can find me there. And I love interacting with people on Instagram, I love DMing and and talking and stuff like that. So any questions, anything you see, uh, and, and new tech, I love new tech. So if you find something, be like, oh, you know who like this? Uncle Ben, you know, <laughs> put, push it towards me. So, yeah. Awesome. And how about you, Kyle? Yeah, uh, you can hit me up on uh, Instagram at, at sophiaconsulting.io. Um, I'm not posting a whole lot right now, but I do get on there. I do communicate, chat with folks, and watch what other people are doing and learn. So hit me up there. Great. Well, thank you so much, guys. And if you would like to join the Slack community where all three of these guys and myself are in daily continuing conversations like this upon a million other things, uh, you can send an email to slack at technologyww.org, and we will send you an invite to our Slack channel. Well, thanks again, guys, for doing this. We will have to do it again soon. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you.